0: <laughs> you don't go easy on anyone no what now? you don't go easy on anyone no <laughs> but we, that was good that was fun. we
1: had an easy I made sure I went easy with you, you I did watch.
0: I did I appreciate you not like yeah have
1: you watched my videos
0: I've watched all a lot of them yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah yeah I didn't think that yeah some of them I really really enjoyed I, this morning I was watching Nick Vujovic oh really? yeah <laughs>
1: Welcome to The Fall Day. I am Destiny Peterson. Don't forget to click Patreon link in the description to support our work. Have with me today a very mama mia, hola, see si, si, interesting guest. Dr. Anandi. Anandi Narasimhan. Narasimhan. Did I say it right?
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. Black. Narasimhan.
1: Narasimhan. The doctor is an adult, adolescent, and child psychiatrist here in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So I want to learn a little bit more about you. You're from India. Yes. How long have you been over here?
0: I came here in 1981. I was about four and a half years old.
1: And what brought you here?
0: My parents. So my father uh, was a professor who had a PhD in biotechnology. And my mother was a doctor. She um, was an obstetrician. Mm. And so they had a lot of career goals. And before I was born, they lived in Switzerland for a while. And they loved it there. And they came back to India because my grandfather had health issues. And um, they eventually, my father got a job first in the US, and he came. And then a year later, he sponsored. uh, We were all, my brother and my mother and I were able to come. Um, And at that time, I. In India, you start uh, something called pre-kindergarten when you're like three. So my parents had enrolled me in a Catholic school, a uh, Catholic private school. So I had done about a year and a half or two years of my primary education before we moved. So I had that experience, um, and then I came to the U.S.
1: That's amazing. What is the Indian culture like? Is it, what is it like?
0: You know, it's interesting. It's changed a lot, but we are a very family-oriented culture, so there's a really st- strong belief in um, family. Uh, so that's, that's kind of um, really signifies, I, I feel, like kind of the heart of the culture, mm. um, one. And then secondly, I think India is a very um, spiritual culture as well. Um, we believe in nonviolence. We believe in uh, treating other people or animals with fairness, things like that. So, oh, okay. so um, spirituality and family, and respect.
1: How do you treat animals right?
0: Well, interestingly, I actually grew up as a vegetarian and i was actually embarrassed of that when i was younger because (laughs) um when i came to america like most of my classmates weren't vegetarian so they always thought it was kind of weird and they would say like what happens if you eat meat and i say i would say i catch on fire and just you know to pull (laughs) their leg and stuff but you know um my family was vegetarian my grandparents were vegetarian so it was just kind of that's how my parents were raised that's how i I was raised, and then in high school, I was part of this summer program, um, and they took us to, it's called the Governor's School, they took us to a slaughterhouse. And um, you know when you're a teenager, that's the time where you want to experiment or yeah. try different things, yeah. or you just, you want to explore? But that kind of put the nail on the coffin for me because I was a little <laughs> traumatized by that experience. Yeah. So then after that, I just kind of stuck with, you know, that, and and as I've gotten older I kind of, I feel um, good about it.
1: Oh yeah, so So you've never eaten meat?
0: By accident. I've eaten it by accident. You know, in the 80s they used to put lard in like so many things, like french fries or like um, cookies, and so there were times that I didn't know and I, I did. Right on. But for the most part I would try not to.
1: I used to, I grew up on a plantation down in Alabama, so I used to slaughter animals.
0: Mm-hmm. What was that like? Oh, fun. Yeah? yeah
1: you, you you take a an axe and you turn the back of the axe and you hit the hog in the head, knock it out, and then you take the knife and slash the throat and blood gush everywhere.
0: And they don't and cry?
1: Like, yes! What?
0: They don't cry when you do Me that? Me or the hog? Both of you. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I just, I... Yeah, know, it's would, a
1: manly thing, I think. You know, Ladies it's interesting
0: it. because in medicine we dissect animals and yeah. then people yeah. eventually. And you get used to it. Like, right. you'll go to dissection and then you'll have lunch afterwards. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. um... And so I would take a chicken. My grandmother would say, hey, go out there and kill the chicken for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I would take it right in the head. And the neck pops off and the chicken lay on the ground kicking.
0: Oh, Doesn't that sound like fun? No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs>
1: so, do you believe in God?
0: I do believe in something bigger than us. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, God. Yeah. Are you a Christian?
0: No, I was raised a Hindu.
1: Oh, okay. So, in India, the are, are most people Hindus. Is that how it goes?
0: Um. Majority, but there is a large segment of Christians and there is um, a large segment of Muslims and other religions. Where my parents were from uh, originally, their ancestors from a state of, called um, Kerala. Mm-hmm. And Kerala has a very large Christian population. Oh, okay. So growing up, um, we had family friends uh, who were Christian. We'd go to parties, you know. Oh, okay. um, my parents actually, I, you know, I've been at church I even read at church once. Like so, I've had a lot of exposure um, to Christianity. Um, So I'm, you know, quite comfortable with the religion. Do
1: you fit in the Indian culture now? You you don't seem as though you went to India. You fit in there. Do you feel apart from it or a part of it when you're there?
0: I completely feel apart. Of Indian culture, and I also feel very much a part of American culture as well. Um, But um, you know, I love going to India. Have you ever been? No, I have not. It's a very sensory experience. Like there's, it's almost like sensory overload. There's so many sights to see and food to taste and um, color. You know, because Indians love different colors, so you'll see. Just a lot of variety of experiences when you go there. So um, I very much feel like I I do both. Like I, there's a part of me that's Indian. There like the family um, orientation. Like I'm you know I I really uh, believe in some of those things. And then like um, practices like in you know in, in Western culture they call it mindfulness, where right. you just reflect and you think about your emotions and how you would um, change and you know, you, uh, that's also what kind of yoga is about too. It's just like getting into that mindful right. state. So um, I love those things. Right on.
1: Yeah. You don't look Indian. Your both parents are Indian, mm-hmm. or, so yeah. you don't have a black father or anything. A mother.
0: No, I no, wouldn't. You look
1: like a black person. You know, you I look do. like. Mm-hmm. Have you been told that?
0: I've been. More, I've been told like, I look Mexican quite a uh, lot. Well, I lot. can see
1: Mexican black, but mm-hmm. not Indian. Mm-hmm. You don't look Indian. You could look Indian, but you look more Mexican black or black-Mexican or something like that.
0: You know, I have a funny <laughs> story about that. You know, uh, back in the 80s when you take, took, like, um, standardized tests at school. Right. And you had to write, like, your demographic. And at that time, all they had was black, white, or other. And I, I was sitting down for a test, and somebody in the class, I think I was in, like, fourth grade or something. Someone in the class said, what's on Indi gonna put? And the kid sitting in front of me, he was African-American, and he turned around and said, what are you going to put? And I said, I don't know. I don't know where I fit here. And he's like, you know, you're black. Oh yeah.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> did you write black?
0: I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember what I put.
1: What made you decide to become a psychiatrist?
0: That's a great question. I actually wanted to be a surgeon. Um, I, I actually feel like my personality was kind of suited for that, and I loved... Um, being in the operating room, yeah. and you there 's kind of an instant gratification that comes with surgery because you can just fix someone yeah. It, yeah. but then I did some research on the brain, um, and my boss we were looking at like children who 've had trauma um, and how that affects the brain and my boss was a child psychiatrist. And I just had so much respect for him and the work he did and how like honest he was about the research. And then as I was doing the research, I was like, gosh, there's so much that we don't know about the brain. You know, we know not everything, but we know a lot about the heart. We know a lot about the liver, but the brain is a new organ that we're discovering. And there's so much to discover. So as I was doing the research, I was like, this is, um, an area that I could sort of be a pioneer, like something you know, find new things or explore different things. And I love working with children.
1: You have an amazing resume. Uh, you were trained at Harvard, Yale, and Duke, um, and with that training in psychiatry. At those yeah, races? well,
0: um, those uh, Harvard and Yale were rotations. Duke was my main. Uh, residency, adult residency training, and then UCLA was my child fellowship training. That's oh. how I ended up in LA and just stayed in LA after oh. that.
1: And and um, did you study medicine in India? Yes, or over, I did. Or in I did. India? Yeah.
0: That that's where I did surgery and uh, different uh, community medicine and different oh, specialties. And then I came.
1: And um, you were double uh, double board certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and and uh, neurology, neurology. Yes. Wow, that's a lot of education. Yeah. Are you like sick of education that you don't want to hear about it?
0: You know, that's the interesting. You go into medicine and you're like, Oh, there's the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel but no, the like the education is lifelong. Like, I have to keep up to date with my field. I have to read articles. I have to read journals. I have to, like, attend lectures. I have to get what we call continuing medical education credits. So, yeah, it's a lot of upkeep and uh, <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> it's a lot of time. So
1: you, do you sometimes wish, you know, I wish I'd never gone to school, just be a regular, normal person?
0: Well... I think um I ha- you know, I'm lucky, I feel like I'm doing my calling,, oh, okay. which I think is really nice, I yeah. mean, and I can't sing if I sang like Mariah Carey,
1: <laughs> you do <yeah. laughs> I might
0: be in a different career, but you know um i I feel like these are the skills I've developed, and you know i when you come, like my family was educated, so yeah. um they expected that from me, so. You know, I can't say that it was just, it came out of nowhere. Right. There was an expectation that I would, you know, get so Do you resent so many... them for that? No, when I was younger, again? when I was younger, I, I came home because a good friend of mine always had... Um, beautifully curled hair, because her mom was a hairdresser and would do her hair. Ho- and I came home and went to my mom. I said, "Mom, why couldn't you be a hairdresser? Why did you have to become a doctor?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, no. I, as I got older, I really respect what my parents have done and their. Sacrifices and how much they did for my brother and I, you know, to come to this country, right. you know, because they didn't have to That's leave, right. but they wanted us to have a better life and they wanted us to contribute to society, so.
1: So your brother's well educated as well.
0: Yes, I'm afraid so. He's also a physician. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. he works at Howard. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, he's a family medicine doctor. At Howard. Washington, D. C. In Washington D.C. In D.C., yeah, yeah.
1: That's a black university, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I want to talk to you about childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. How do you define childhood trauma? How do you define that?
0: Yeah, childhood trauma is um, any type of adverse experience that a child experiences that can alter um, how they function in the world. Um, It can be abuse, it can be neglect, it can be witnessing um, abuse, it can be witnessing or being part of like a natural disaster, or um, even medical trauma, a child who has a medical illness and they're suffering, or having a parent or a sibling with a medical illness. Um, That can be a, a source of trauma as well.
1: At what age can children be traumatized?
0: Very early, um, like
1: newborn, or
0: interestingly, research on uh, uh, toddlers, infants um, is that shows that like they actually can respond to uh, the distress of their mother. So if there's domestic violence or you know something like that happening at home, and the mother is very distressed, the baby can actually feel it. Oh
1: yeah, so so, so have you be...
0: noticed some women who are just like. So chill and calm, like sometimes you feel like there's a reflection in the baby of that kind of um, demeanor. Um, So, yeah, so children at a very young age can um, be uh, affected by trauma. So they can
1: be traumatized in the womb?
0: Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the children I treat um, have had mothers who did drugs or drank alcohol during pregnancy. So that actually affected their own brain development. And there are certain parts of the brain, the developing brain in the womb that can be affected. So something like that, depending on what the mother has done, right. or there's, you know, um, domestic violence. If she's pushed or shoved or hit or you know, that can affect the baby's development. So, yeah, they can be affected in the womb. I
1: noticed that a lot of mothers are angry while they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the kids... And, And during pregnancy, are the kids affected by the mother's
0: anger? Yeah, so, you know, that's interesting because what happens during pregnancy um, and as men, unfortunately, you you know, you may (laughs) don't experience the same way, but um, there's this huge hormonal fluctuation, you know, certain hormones rise, certain hormones decrease. And now we've got research that's showing that those hormonal shifts really affect our mental health. So, you know, a lot of um, pregnant women will say, I'm, you know, I'm just so moody and so irritable. And they can't control it because it's, it's, it's a hormonal um, in shift that's taking right. place. Um, and the body does that to prepare the womb, to prepare the development for the fetus, but um, it, it does a number on their mental health sometimes. So, when
1: a child is traumatized, is that child traumatized? Mental, I mean, physically in the brain or spiritually in the brain? Uh, it can be the, both. I
0: think it can be both. I mean, you know, as a woman of science who studies um, uh, a science, um, you know, there is a lot of emerging research on spirituality. And I, I very strongly believe for so many of my patients, like the pastor's a step ahead of me in treatment, like they get so much healing from their church or temple or wherever. So, um, uh, you know, in terms of a spiritual trauma, I think, yeah, uh, very possible. But we do know that trauma affects the developing brain. It can alter the structure of the brain. It can alter the hormones in the body. Um, we develop things called stress hormones when we feel danger. Um, so a child can have elevated levels of stress hormones if they've experienced trauma.
1: I noticed that a lot of, uh, I might say, most, and maybe all, but all, I like to say not all, not all, not all, but most mothers. Traumatize their children by turning them away from the father Mm. because you know how women hate men and they hate the fathers. Have you noticed that women hate men?
0: Some, yeah, some can hate men, yeah, some can. And so they
1: turn the children away from the father Mm. toward them, and that tends to traumatize the children. Have you noticed that?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, it is sad when a child comes to me and they don't have a relationship with. Um, their father and yeah. some of them don't have a relationship with their mother. It's it, it's very sad or it's also sad um, that they grow up without belief in family or yeah. belief in um, like seeing what that looks like, what a good relationship looks like. Yeah. And that that makes me sad because I want them to feel that kind of love and that kind of family unit, you know? Because children do better when they're part of a family, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. so um But, you know, life is interesting, you know? <laughs> sometimes, you know, a woman or a man, a man even has to flee an abusive situation, or they have a spouse who has an addiction and that person needs to get help. And, you know, there's all kinds of curveballs that life sometimes throws us um even when we have the best intentions like right. one of I, I was just talking to a patient um the other day who was telling me her story about how she met this man and um you know he was just so wonderful to her and then they had children and then things you know, just spiraled and, you know, she had to flee the situation. But she didn't know it. You know, she didn't right. know that was going to happen.
1: Why? I've noticed that, uh, oh, I wanted to ask, so when, when children are traumatized by being turned away from their fathers, is that a mental trauma or a spiritual trauma?
0: Um, you know... Sometimes children who don't know their fathers, they haven't had the trauma of him being in their life and then out of their life. So they don't even know. Because you know their, their experience is new. You know, um, So they don't know life otherwise. Right. So um, I, I definitely do think that um, it's hard being raised by one parent. You it know. Is.
1: So is it a spiritual trauma, though, or mental trauma?
0: I think it can be. I think yeah. it can be a spiritual trauma, yeah.
1: I, um, I've i seen that a lot and I've noticed that a lot of kids are angry, you know, because they don't have their fathers yeah, around, yeah. they're angry at the mother. Is it normal for children to be angry? If they were never traumatized, would they naturally be ang- angry? Or does that come as a result, result of yeah, some type of trauma? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I think anger we all can experience at some level, at some time, um, some more than others. But yeah, when you've had trauma, uh, you can be more irritable than you would be right. otherwise, including children. So sometimes, and remember that children aren't good at expressing themselves. They, they don't always know how to what words to use to say I feel scared, I feel worried. Um, instead, they act out or they get into fights or something like that because they don't know how to talk about it.
1: Do you believe that you become like the person that traumatized you? Because I know that a lot of Males have anger, mm-hmm. and has, uh, you know, have anger, and they are like their mothers. They get angry because it's not normal for a male to have anger. Mm-hmm. Any male that has anger is a woman. Have you noticed that they act like women? They get women. They get angry. They overreact. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're emotional like a woman. Is it possible that traumas can cause you to become like the person that traumatized yes, you? Yes,
0: yes, very much. It, it it can, but it's not a given. You know, you, I also strongly believe you can rewrite your life and not make, and I often tell people, your past doesn't have to be your future.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: have you noticed that men are like women?
0: It depends on the man. It depends on the woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But you have noticed, being a psychiatrist, you have noticed a lot of men act like women?
0: Um, I, I don't know if you mean like stereotypically. Or, you know, like
1: emotional, moody. Yeah. They get angry really fast. You mean
0: there's a lot of men with PMS? Yeah. They act yeah. Like women. Yeah. Is that
1: normal for a man to be that way?
0: It depends. I mean, clearly we don't want negative emotions to be overriding. Like that shouldn't be your main experience right. in life, that you just wake up angry, go to bed angry. Would um, you
1: want an emotional man or non-emotional man? Are you married
0: um, I am married
1: and so is your husband emotional or not? He anymore? is
0: like super emotionally intelligent, I would say
1: like he's emotional
0: um he's emotionally intelligent
1: what does that mean?
0: so that means like he can m- handle me like if I'm upset or something, he's just really good at communicating. he's really good at like understanding and empathizing. That's oh, okay. what I mean by that
1: but he is he himself. Is not emotional, like a woman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you know, I think he has emotions.
1: But he doesn't act like a woman
0: emotionally. Right? <laughs> he doesn't sound like one, no. Yeah. Does he act like one? Um, depends on the woman. Depends on the man, you know. Some do women, I mean? husband, some women he... are really stoic. Like, I'm in medicine. I mean, there are some yeah. women, you don't see much emotion coming from them at right. all. And then there are some women who, you know, you do.
1: So let me ask you this, do you want, would you prefer your husband to be emotional or not?
0: Mm, not emotional. How about someone in, in the middle, like in the middle, <laughs> like somebody who, you know, like, okay, if, um, God forbid, someone close to us passed away and he had no emotion or something, you know, it'd be a little like, come on, shed a little tear or something, you know. Like, yeah,
1: it'd be like, so he did. He did. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want somebody who's totally non-emotional, or someone who can kill a chicken and have no emotion about it. Uh, right. <laughs> okay.
1: and chicken and cows and everything. You did? Oh yeah. Wow. Knock the cow in a minute.
0: Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to ask you about self-esteem because uh, I know you dealt with that a lot. Define self-esteem.
0: Um, Self-esteem is where you understand your own worth as a human being, Uh as a person, as one that is worthy of love and respect, and um, you feel good about yourself.
1: And where does a person get self-esteem from?
0: They can get it from their parents, um, from uh, other family members, from school, from uh, the work that they do. Like, for example, a lot of people speaking in front or public speaking is really like a big thing for a lot of people but the more they do it the more their confidence grows in their ability to do it so sometimes it's you can get it from experiences um i and and sometimes it's a person i had a, a teacher in third grade or fourth grade and on the weekends she would come and pick me up and take me to museums. Take me to like outdoor classical music concerts, or like she took me to a wreath making class. And I just, she believed in me, you know, and I felt really good about myself that somebody else, you know, right. gave me that kind of love, you know. Who she wasn't getting paid for it, you know.
1: Who are you closest to? Your father, or your mother?
0: Um, both. But my father passed away unfortunately in 2013 but he's still very much in my heart. And were you
1: closest to him while he lived, or your mother?
0: I was close to both of them, uh, yeah. by, About
1: About the evenly, or one...
0: I think when I was younger, maybe a little bit more my dad, yeah. but now I'm, you know, closer to my mom, yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, good. Uh, and so does a good, healthy self-esteem come from the father or from the mother to the children?
0: I think it can come from either, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and my parents were always big on... Um, I was shy when I was young, and they were always telling me to speak up, to right. speak up. And and I, I just, I hated that, because <laughs> I'm like, just let me be, you know. Right. But I understand why. They wanted me to stand up for myself and have a voice and not be afraid of it.
1: Right. Uh, I don't, I've noticed that when it comes uh, between men and women, boys and girls, males seem to be more... Uh, have a sense of self-esteem as opposed to a woman. Why is, it, why is that?
0: Uh, again, I think it depends on the Women them.
1: tend to have low self-esteem. Men tend to have high self-esteem. It
0: might be how they were raised sometimes. if You're raised in, in um, a home where that valued, you know, a man and giving the man confidence and the man was the one who worked or, you know, it could be that you're, for, for a boy growing up, that's where they got their sense of self-esteem. And it depends on the culture that you come from, because in some cultures, you know, there's some conditioning, we call it, you know, like where uh, um, uh, the sexes are treated differently and raised differently.
1: Yeah, women are treated better, and that's bad. Is it? Right. What
0: makes it bad?
1: It causes women to go out of control. Mm.
0: Because
1: you know how women, when you they, they can't have the power, they can't have the... Because it's not natural for women to be leaders. If you give it to them by government, they go nuts. Really? Have you noticed that?
0: Um, actually, it's interesting. In India, a lot of very prominent... Um, uh, people holding high government officer uh, um, official positions are women. Wow, that's yeah. horrible! Yeah, <laughs> horrible. No wonder any of women. I think it depends on the woman. I think it depends on the woman. And you know what? I'm in medicine. There's a lot of female doctors, and some of them are really good doctors. You know? I would
1: never go to a female doctor.
0: You wouldn't? No. Okay. There's a there's a female doctor that I know that I would trust my life with her. Really? She's So good. Yeah.
1: But it, they're not doctors naturally. They're doctors because there are laws passed in government uh, for yeah, women. Yeah, nobody women is get naturally a doctor. treatment. Mm. And so they are pushed for by being treated special. But with men it's natural be, to become a doctor. You don't need some lawyer that says let the woman go or let the man go. Okay. Men, natural scientists and doctors and things. Am I right about that?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I didn't grow up a man, so I don't uh, yeah, know. Yeah, but
1: what I'm saying but in Yes, this I, country, think, I
0: think it was natural for yeah. men to certain um, professions. Yeah. Like science or, you know, and there weren't and so that that's why
1: people. I would be afraid to have a female doctor. Because you Plus, feel like. Unless I wouldn't like want her looking at me, you know, privately. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a female doctor? No. So you always choose to go to a male yeah. doctor? Okay.
1: That makes sense, right?
0: Yeah, I think, I, you know, um, a lot of women don't want to go to, you know, they, they, they'd they rather right. have they'd a rather woman doctor a for doctor. certain things. Yeah. yeah. Makes and sense. Then
1: you may go to a woman doctor and she's grouchy. You know, she's mad at her husband or some man looked at her wrong and she will take it out on me on the, on the operating table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting in, like, Saudi Arabia... Um they don't they only will allow women doctors to treat women patients, you know? Yeah. So they don't have enough, so they will import female doctors from other countries and put them up really nicely and everything so that they can treat their women. Nice. Would you live there? Yeah. You would?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I could get a male doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> If your wife, I mean, your husband, is he the head of you? (laughs)
0: Um, It depends on what. Yeah, uh, I think in some respects.
1: Do you obey him?
0: uh, I don't (laughs) think he would think I do. Um, uh, You know, I listen to him and I take his opinions and I... Uh, listen to what he has to say like and I, I i really value his perspective like he'll tell me oh you shouldn't have looked at that look at it this way or he'll change my perspective and and so i think he's he's helped so i i really i respect him in that way yeah
1: but there are times you disobey him
0: I don't know i mean i i don't feel like i'm a servant so i don't, I don't feel like i uh, there is such a thing but i i don't know um exactly the word disobey, but, you know, I may disagree with him occasionally, yeah.
1: I um, I do a lot of counseling, and mm-hmm. men and women, but mostly men, and I have advised them, if they want to start a family, and they want a wife and kids, not to marry an educated woman, because educated women tend not to make good wives and mothers. Am I wrong?
0: You know, funny you ask that, because that is something I grappled with for many many years and you know I had people tell me okay well if you want a career and a family life you have to kind of yeah. balance it and it's interesting cuz we don't tell men that we don't tell a male neurosurgeon hey you got to like knock off your career if you want a well, wife and kids you know why that is right yeah i do know why that is And why so, isn't Well, because i think like you said um you know traditionally those were the careers that were meant for men right. and that, you know, traditionally men did. And so it was a given that a man went and did this and the woman stayed home yes. with the children. I, mean, I think it, 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 it's it's interesting because in America, even though I think we're socially um, uh, evolved in, in a lot of ways compared to some other parts of the world, but, right. um, you know, Professionally, sometimes I feel like um, it's hard to be a, a, a woman and have this big career yeah. and then get maternity leave, adequate maternity leave, or be able to take care of your children in the way you want. Right. It's, and I have a lot of colleagues who struggle with that. Like, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, they, and right now with covid uh, you know, so many people. Their work has completely changed. People, you know, they come home and they have to shower as soon as they walk in. You know, they can't hug their kids right away and all that because they're working. And it's it's tough. I think it's tough. Um, but if it were just men in medicine or any some other fields, like we would might we'd have a shortage.
1: We would also have peace on earth.
0: Would we? <laughs> uh, did we before? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of wars were fought by men.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. a man's supposed to fight a good war; it's healthy.
0: Is it? Oh yeah. Oh boy. You agree? No, actually, because <laughs> I treat—I used to work at the VA hospital, uh, and I've treated but, quite a few veterans. And yeah. I just, my heart goes—I really have a soft spot for the veterans. Right. And some of them—they've gone through so much. Which
1: is best for um, a good self, uh, self-esteem? To have one parent in the home or both parents for children?
0: Oh, I think the two and other family. I mean, in in Eastern cultures, they say, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. You have a whole community raising children. And um, there's there's something really great about just sharing that um, responsibility and helpful, I think. Yeah. Because otherwise... Um, one parent isn't super stressed out and just uh, burned out, you know, they get, they get some help, hopefully. Right. You know? But that's not always the case. I don't think it's always, you know. I the wanted to ask
1: not. you a couple of things I wanted to ask. Um, number one, we have a terrorist attack upon America right now by this radical group, Antifa and, mm. and Black Lives Matter, very radical mm. communist group they're burning, as you know, they're burning buildings, killing people, robbing and raping and just really out of control. Is that traumatizing the children to see that?
0: Yeah, you know, I was interviewed about um, some of the acts of violence that we've seen. Um, And I think that you know, what we know the research shows us is that if children are viewing images, graphic images over and over again, um, like what happened after 9-11, a lot of those children got traumatized. So, um, and I think any um, organization or group, uh, if it's thousands of people, like for example, the American Medical Association or something, there may be a, few people who engage, like what you're saying, engage in these horrible acts, um, and it kind of distracts from what the message the Medical Association might be trying to say, right? right? So So
1: this terrorist attack upon America right now by Black Lives Matter and TIFA and others, that is traumatizing the kids if they see it happening.
0: Yeah, I I don't consider Black Lives Matter a, a terrorist group.
1: You do not. Um, no, why I not? don't because. You, why not?
0: Okay, so I think you know we've because of cell phones, a lot of things that happen are recorded now, right? right yeah. And then it's put up on social media or whatever, and then. People are seeing this, right? Um, And people themselves are getting traumatized. Um, um, A lot of African Americans have higher levels of uh, certain emotions and feeling traumatized watching these images. So I think what happens is then there's just a lot of pain, and people wanted a way to deal with the pain or, or make well, yeah, some changes. That's not changes. a way to deal with them. Yeah, and violence is not. No. Violence is not. Did but you... I don't think it's everybody <laughs> who's doing that. I think the whole movement, the majority of it, was supposed to be a peaceful movement, right? But
1: I don't think it ever meant to be. A, really? No. Mm. Number one, did you know it was Black Lives Matter was founded by a bunch of fat, black, radical lesbians who say that they're monsters, and their whole thing is to turn... They hate God. They hate the nuclear family. They hate the unborn children. They want to turn America into a socialist society. Hmm. It's not about George Floyd or slavery or racism hmm. or Jim Crow. It's about changing America. That's pretty radical, don't you think?
0: I, that wasn't my understanding. My understanding was it was about they the people. They lied to you. Okay.
1: So, so now <laughs> that you know, that's pretty radical. You don't support that, do you? And then they write big letters, yellow letters in the streets, and they mm. mark on people, Black Lives Matter. It has no meaning.
0: Mm.
1: It's just a bunch of mess. Is that radical?
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'd use the word. Or maybe maybe radical is an appropriate term. But I think
1: because yeah, there's a
0: reason it happened. I think that... Because
1: they hate God. They hate good.
0: Mm. So let me ask you this, Jesse. With things like uh, what we saw with George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor... How is that to be handled? How are those things to be handled? They individually, should, with that yeah, local jurisdiction? Mm-hmm.
1: they should go to court or whatever it takes mm-hmm. and handle it like normal people. Mm-hmm. Because those incidents happened to those people, mm-hmm. they didn't happen to every black person. That's
0: true. They didn't happen, mm-hmm. and
1: every white person is not responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Every cop is not. It's just the, that situation. That's why we have... Yeah. Laws, and that's why we have courts. But I think it's understandable
0: that it brings about a lot of fear, right? Like not for me, not for you. No, okay.
1: because it's, it's made up. It's not real. Mm. I'm not afraid of cops.
0: Mm. I actually work pretty closely with law enforcement. And so you're not afraid of them, right? No, I'm and not.
1: you have been thrown down and choked.
0: No, I have that hasn't happened yet. See that? So um, it's all
1: made up. Now you agree that Black Lives Matter. Is radical. No,
0: no, no, no. I <laughs> I support Black Lives Matter. I don't support-, support the fringe, violent part that you're probably talking about. I don't support that. But, but why I would support- you support,
1: support a, a radical fat black lesbian? Well, group? my
0: understanding was it was it was a, a supposed to be a peaceful protest no. organization never meant that America. stood up for people who were um, killed that were innocent that shouldn't have
1: But they weren't innocent. All the people who killed were criminals. Not one innocent in that... I, I think it was something like nine or ten or something. Not one innocent. Yeah,
0: but do they all deserve even if even if someone has had a past of criminal activity, does that I don't think that that we are judge and jury about whether they live or not. But right? they should
1: have thought of that before they overreacted to the cop when they were stopped. So they get what they deserve in life.
0: Mm-hmm. If they
1: had Followed instructions of the cops. They probably would be well, alive Ahmaud today. Well,
0: Arbery was just jogging, and he was literally chased down. So
1: who's Ahmad Arbery?
0: He was a gentleman who was um, uh, shot by three men, three white oh, men. Down in, in uh, Georgia,
1: but we don't know all the detail yet. It looked mm. like he was trying to steal. You know how black people love to steal. He Do was going into an empty building and trying to steal.
0: Well there were like so it many seems. I don't know about that. There's nothing to steal from there and he Well
1: he was looking at sometimes there's like uh leftover tools and things like that when you're building a home. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen a lot with the blacks.
0: Hmm. Have you? No.
1: Oh. So I have gotta ask you this. Um I saw you on a CNN interview and you were talking about the children mm-hmm. of illegal aliens and they was like, uh, you know, Illegally coming across the border mm. and some with parents some without some are being used to just get over here Pretending that they're the mm. children that they're the parents and so they were locked up and And you know a little safety place until time to go back Who fault is that is it the parents fault or the government our government fault?
0: So you know the United States has what we call a sovereign prerogative to enforce immigration policy, right? right. You know, we yeah. have the um, right to protect borders, and I'm not a border security ex- expert, and I don't right. claim to be. Yeah. Um, so um, I think that is very true. My issue as a child psychiatrist was that I was interviewed about what children can face if they're separated from their parents and they're, you know, put in certain conditions where they don't have hygiene, they don't have, they're sitting in di- dirty diapers or right. they don't have um, uh, uh, toothbrush, things like that, or you know, no one's really taking care of them. So I was talking about that. Um, so that's, that's what I was interviewed for. Um, I volunteer for an organization called Physicians for Human Rights, mm-hmm. where I do asylum evaluations, Um, and the people that I meet doing these evaluations, um, they're, they're running away from some horrendous situation and they have like evidence of human like torture and things like that. So, you know, when I'm doing these evaluations, like if that was me, like sometimes if, if your life is in danger. Sometimes you just run, right? And you know, some of the people I talked to, they had no desire to go anywhere else. They wanted to stay where their family was, where they grew up. They didn't want to leave, right. a lot of people that I speak to. So it's complicated. You know, I mean, I, 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 I hear the argument that, well, whose fault it is. Um, you know, and that's, I think that's a complicated issue, but you know, as a doctor, Um, I have the ethical duty to think about the children, right? right? And think about what's good for their health. Um, Not about whose fault is, you know.
1: As an expert and Mm -hmm. a human being, whose fault is it? The ones who are bringing their kids here illegally, or is it our fault? Do we have a responsibility to take care of men, women, and children, just children who have broken the law and they are criminals? Yeah. Do we have to take care of them.
0: Yeah. So, you know, according to international law, you know, we have the sovereign prerogative to enforce immigration policies, but the United States also has a moral and legal responsibility to, to at least look into the eyes of these children and acknowledge their humanity, right? Like, you know, they're humans, so um, dealing with them like humans, you know, so... So is
1: it the parents' fault for bringing them here illegally? I think
0: it's complicated. I think it's complicated. Because
1: I've gone down to the borders, and I know mm-hmm. that most of the parents and those children are not coming from bad situation. Mm, so a coming, lot of
0: the ones that I meet yeah, are. So I may not here, know most, everybody, right?
1: They're just coming here for government handouts and whatever, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So is it the parents' fault that the kids are suffering or is it the USA fault?
0: Um, I think it's the entire situation. Yeah, you can you can blame some parents for uh, wanting to cross the border illegally for not the right reasons, no. yeah. Um, um, and
1: do we have a responsibility to take care of their children when they come here? Or should we just well, ship them we, back over? I think
0: we have a responsibility not to do further harm to the children. By
1: sending them back? Or, I mean, when we, when we put them away in a little room or something, we don't have a responsibility to buy them diapers and food mm. and all that because they, their parents decide to bring them here illegally and so the parents showed a lack of love by bringing their kids to illegally to a country, another country, right? So we're not responsible for that. Am I right?
0: Well, I, I disagree with, I mean, I, uh, why cause more trauma on a child? I think that's the argument that's given that, uh, you know, it's, it's not our fault. So, you know, but that doesn't, but they're here. Like, they come. So what are you going to do then? You know, they're already here. Like, Lock them can- up
1: and send them back. Yeah, and, and
0: and that has happened, that has happened. Um, but
1: I've noticed that, and I don't know if you were necessarily doing that on this interview, but I noticed mm-hmm. that there are a lot of Americans blaming America for it, and I know they're doing it for the votes, you know, they mm-hmm. want to get the votes and stuff, but it's not our fault if the parents decide to come from Mexico or wherever they come from illegally, because there's a way to come in in the right way. And if they choose not to come the right way, they should pay the consequence. They and their children should pay the consequence of that, right? Um uh, but They have to I, suffer, they just have to suffer.
0: The United States is a democracy that allows people to seek asylum. So there are some people who are legitimately seeking asylum, I think. So. Uh,
1: uh, not, most are not, though, I'm telling you. I'm, okay. Most are not. When okay. I become president.
0: So what's your answer? I'm shipping like,
1: them back.
0: Yeah.
1: What's my yeah. answer? Yeah. I'm going to put up a big, beautiful wall around the borders, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have troops. All around the walls to make sure they don't come. Okay. That makes sense.
0: If if um, you think that would work.
1: Oh yeah, you don't think a wall would work?
0: I. It's got to be a pretty long wall, right? Oh, it's got to be a long wall
1: around the border and way high. And then I know that Mexicans like to climb, so at the top I'm gonna have a electric wire.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> with that. <laughs>
1: I want to ask you about uh because time is going by. I want to ask you about uh little boys uh, boys and men are under attack and especially boys they are now given uh medication for something called ADD. Mm. Uh is that a right approach to deal with boys?
0: Yeah, so um uh, that That's also a very interesting question. Um, a lot of children can have symptoms that look like ADHD because they're going through other stuff yes. like um, trauma or whatever. So they're like hyperactive or um, having trouble focusing and it could be a number of other things. Um, but sometimes there's a percentage of people who do have this, um, it, it's a kind of an innate ADHD. And we see it in families like... Their parents, one of their parents, might have have had it, um, and uh, it makes it hard to, you know, I've have, I've have an interesting viewpoint because I don't think it's natural for us to sit in a classroom for eight hours a yeah. day and not move. I mean, we we're asking a lot from children to do that to yeah. begin with, and then, you know, if a, a teacher gets tired of a child wanting to like jump around a little bit. Um, it's, that's more unnatural. So, you know, my philosophy is, I'm actually very conservative on medication right. like prescribing medication I like to do everything else besides that if we yes. can and then you know not have that as part of the picture amazing um, so if that means like sometimes giving a child like a, one of those exercise balls in the classroom to bounce around on or getting up and giving them breaks every 15 minutes or something like that nice. those are better or and a lot of children be- benefit from individual attention so it doesn't all need to be like treated with medication. I'm
1: glad to hear that. Um, experts warned that over 90% of the school shooters were, uh, uh, were on that medication mm-hmm. and they, had, they uh, accused them of having some type of uh, depression or ADD mm. and 90% of the school shooters was on medication. Do you believe had they not been on medication and done it the way you said, another way? without the medication, we would have had that higher percentage of Kavanaugh school shooting?
0: That's hard to tell. I, You know, um, I think sometimes people are not on medication and they're also um, committing suicide. Right. Um, doing So yeah. that's a tricky question in the sense that Um, Look, medication isn't perfect. All meds have side effects. We don't know people respond differently to different medications. But until we find a way to figure this out...
1: Go natural, the way you mentioned earlier, without that. But, you know,
0: yes, except that some people are really suffering. Like, I have patients who have, like, schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, and if they were not on any medicine, they are like, you know, sometimes when you see people on the street yeah. Uh, talking to themselves, or they don't seem like they're all with cognitively with it, you know, um, and uh, then they can't function. So sometimes, and I don't like those meds, because right. they have so many side effects, and I don't like putting people on it, but for some of my patients, it's either one bad thing with some side effects, or they're the illness that is organic and just happens. I've noticed
1: that most of the people who are talking to themselves, mm-hmm. they are angry. And 99.999, but all the time, 99.999% of the time, it starts in the homes. And so they're angry about imperfect parents. Something happened in the home. And so they're spiritually talking to themselves. Mm. And so if you get them to forgive, go and let the anger go, then they come back to a normal thinking, a normal being. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're angry and no one dealt with the anger, and it just gets worse. Mm. It causes you to talk to yourself and do crazy things. It's not necessarily a medical or physical issue. It's more of a spiritual problem. Okay. Have you noticed that?
0: Um I think that can be true. Of course, you know, I see a portion of the population. I see more people who are severely ill that end up coming to the doctor, right? Right. Yeah. So there may be a lot of people who you're talking about who I don't see. Um, as a doctor
1: so I gotta ask this and then I gotta put you on the hot seat it's time to put my guest on the hot seat and I'm gonna need you to answer these questions quickly as possible but first I gotta ask you what is love
0: oh love is uh, um, life and uh, warmth and a sense of compassion and empathy
1: and what is a man
0: a man can be all those things I think
1: could it be all those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got to put you on the hot seat, all right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I need you to answer these as quickly as possible.
0: The hot seat.
1: Is society suffering due to decline, decline in belief in God?
0: It depends. I think the answer is it depends.
1: Uh, most Indian men. Alpha males or beta males?
0: Oh, I, I was afraid that was going to come up. Oh, I think there's both.
1: Uh, most alpha or beta?
0: I don't know, actually. I don't know most Indian men. I live in America. <laughs> How
1: about American men? Uh, most American men, alpha males or beta males?
0: Can you explain what alpha and beta means again to me? Um,
1: beta is weak.
0: Mm-hmm. They look
1: to... The woman, or they look to someone else to guide them. They're all emotional. They have fear of standing up to people. Beta is uh, perfect love.
0: Okay. Um, I don't no know the fear. answer to that question. I'm sorry. I'm, I... okay. <laughs> is
1: the uh, body positive movement dangerous?
0: Body positive movement. Uh, what does that Does that mean moving your body? or you No, know, they
1: have this thing going now where they're trying to make fat women be attractive and, you know, whatever size you want to be or whatever you want to look like, they're trying to make you accept that as a, an attractive or normal thing.
0: Mm. Is
1: that well, a good I think idea? whatever
0: is good for our health is a good idea. Like if, if you know, being at um, a healthy body weight that is healthy for you, uh, That's, I think that's a move in the right direction. Have you
1: ever done LSD? No. Is sex love? No. Is it right and good for a man to be the head of his wife?
0: I'm not going to answer that because that's a trick question with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it racist for white Americans to be proud of their heritage? No. Can um, Can you choose your gender or are you born with it?
0: You're born a certain gender.
1: Can uh, who is the, who is your personal hero, either living or dead?
0: Um, my father.
1: Is uh, anger anger normal?
0: Um, to some degree.
1: Do you love the Great White Hope? What's that? Do you love the Great White Hope? I don't
0: know. The Great White Hope is <laughs> like Casper heard. the Friendly Ghost or Santa Claus. No, or the president. Oh, the president. Do I? I don't Donald know him. Trump. I I haven't met him. I don't know him. Do you? Do you, you him? Have you met him? Not yet. Okay. Do you love him? Um, I haven't. I don't know him. I don't. Do you know. have
1: to know him to love him.
0: It depends. I think you don't love depends. everybody. Uh, I have love for humanity.
1: All humanity.
0: Um, I'm not Jesus, so You're not Jesus. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. Amazing. Maybe well, next lifetime. <laughs> well, thank
1: you for taking the hot seat. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to promote, uh, uh, website uh, or books or
0: no, no, business? Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. And did you have fun?
0: I did have fun.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you coming. That was amazing. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Oh, and I forgot to mention, the reason I have this shirt today is uh, did you know that July is White History Month?
0: No, I didn't.
1: So we're celebrating White History Month. I see, okay. Happy White History Month, I forgot to tell you. Thank you. Yeah, so July is White History Month. This is our third year of celebrating it. And so that's why I have, I'm selling white. July just feels white. Doesn't July feel white?
0: I don't, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know,
1: summertime, vacation time. Last time, the 4th of July, slight Doesn't that feel white?
0: If you put it that way, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So
1: let me hear from you. Don't forget merch. We have our merch there, Patreon, and all that good stuff. Folks, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And happy White History Month.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you don't go easy on anyone, no. So what now? You don't go easy on anyone. No. <laughs> but we, that was good. That was fun. We
1: had an easy, I made sure I went easy with you. You I did,
0: watched. I did. I appreciate you not, like, yeah. Have
1: you watched my videos?
0: I've watched all, a lot of them, yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't think that. Yeah, some of them I really, really enjoyed. I, this morning I was watching Nick Vujovic. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was at my wedding actually. He was? He was? By accident. He was staying uh, on the hotel room above the bridal suite. and He was watching my wedding. Wow. Yeah. And yeah.
1: you so you like my video. Yeah. Yes. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And
1: you notice I went easy with you. That's why I, I saw you on there. And I knew you're not like a mean woman, so I didn't want to do No, you that.
0: no. I'm not like a, a fighter either. Right, but, I can so. tell. So thank
1: you, I appreciate it. Absolutely. This was I fun. W- I made sure not to go hard. On.
0: <laughs> thank you.
1: Next time on the fallen state. All the way from Florida. He even flew in doing the Chinese bar thing with the mask on. Are you black or white or what are you? I'm a mulatto. So you're on pot right now? Uh yeah. That's amazing so you high right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do a good impression of you. You wanna hear it? Yeah. Uh, is your mama a slut? <laughs> How about all this transgender stuff? Oh that's that, that's freaking insane. Yeah. We have to pretend to be insane with them. You never feel anger at all. For instance, we watched the country freaking crumble for the last 3 months. That angered me. Beautiful country that we built and it's just getting destroyed by people don't know that don't know anything about anything. Can, can I say something real quick to yeah. wrap it up? Absolutely. This city sucks. Oh, you ask me what uh, you think about LA? This is a cesspool. Drug addicts, th- it's just it's disgusting. No, it's, a mess. it's a dirty <laughs> democrat policies, man. <laughs> watching the fallen state. We need your continued support. Donate to my nonprofit here. Subscribe and like the videos here and tell everybody and their mama about the show.